You're listening to one of the sermons preached from Shalom Baptist Chapel, recorded at one of our worship services. If you have been following us for the last two weeks, by now, you should already know that it doesn't matter what you believe or how you behave. Jesus invites everyone and anyone to follow him, right? And in case you are wondering uh, what I'm talking about, if you don't know what I'm talking about, well, you just need to go and watch uh, the previous two messages right over here. Go to YouTube, type um, Shalom Baptist Chapel, and this will appear for you. And you can watch all the previous messages over here. Watch and listen anytime you missed. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed. That way it's easy for you to keep uh, in touch with all the previous messages. Now, last week, in part two of our series, we mentioned that all of us are at different stages or different phases of following Jesus, right? And the encouragement for all of us was not to stay stagnant at where we are today, but to keep moving on by taking the next step in following Him. Well, I don't know about you, but if I were you, I would be asking myself uh, questions like, why would I? Why would I in the first place? Why would I want to keep following? Why would I want to take the next step in following Jesus? I mean, does it make any difference at all? I mean, like, what difference will it make if I, if I continue to follow and if I continue to take the next step in following Jesus? I mean, what's in for me? It's like, what if, fine, I'm going to follow, but where is Jesus going to lead me to? What kind of life is leading me to? If I follow him, what kind of life will I end up living, right? What's in for me there? What's in for everyone and anyone who follows or takes the next step in following Jesus? And I think you owe it to yourself to know the answer to all these questions. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of you are thinking, oh, well, the answer to, that questions is, to those questions are quite obvious and easy, right? Because you might be thinking, well, what's in for you and for me in following Jesus is eternal life in heaven, right? That your sins will be all forgiven. What's in for you and for me in following Jesus is that along the way, you will become a better person. You will become better in life, right? But what if, hey, what if, what if Jesus didn't invite us? What if, what if Jesus didn't invite you and me for all these reasons? What if Jesus didn't invite you and me to follow him so that we can go to heaven for free? What if Jesus didn't invite us to follow him so that we can, so that our sins can be forgiven, our past, present, future sins can be forgiven so that we can become better persons? Of course. Of course, these are, these are some things that we will surely and definitely experience along the way as a result of believing Jesus as the Son of God, as our Savior and following Him. But what if Jesus invites us to follow Him, His ways, His life, for something else, for something that has significant implications to our day, day-to-day life? You know, something that tremendously impacts the decisions we make, something that tremendously impacts the way we respond to the challenging circumstances that we face day in and day out in our family, in our relationships, at work, in our career, in our studies, in our relationships, finances, and so on and so forth. So let's find it out. Let's find it out from one of the Gospels account for today. And if you read, actually, if you read the four Gospels in the New Testaments, I tell you, you will find this everywhere. 
But let me just pick uh, three of them, three instances to show you where Jesus is leading to those who follow him. It's like, what kind of life he's leading to, right? If I follow and he's leading me, where am I going to end up with? What kind of life am I going to end up with? What's in for me? Well, here's the first instance recorded for us by Matthew. And Matthew said something like this, records for us, Jesus speaking. Listen, I'm sending you. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Now, what's happening in this narrative is that Jesus was sending out his 12 disciples or followers whom he handpicked. It was a special group of people closest to him to go around other towns and cities to preach and teach the ways of Jesus. And just before he sends them off, right, he tells them, Hey guys, listen, I'm sending you out, you know, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. It's like, what do you mean, Jesus? It's like, we are sheep and there are wolves. Wait, so if we are sheep and there are wolves, wolves will eat up the sheep and we are sheep. All right, that's, that doesn't sound good. And that's why Jesus continues on and says, So be as clever as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be careful of people because they will arrest you and take you to court and whip you in their synagogues. Because of me, you will be taken to stand before governors and kings, and you will tell them and the non-Jewish people about me. And when you are arrested, don't you worry, all right? Don't worry what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given the things to say. When you are treated badly in one city, well, just run to another city. But don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of those who threaten you. For the time is coming when everything that is covered and all that is secret will be made known to all. Don't be afraid. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body because they cannot touch your soul. What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin? But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. So, don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a flock of sparrows. Alright. Well, you know what Jesus is saying? Jesus is basically saying to uh, these uh, 12 followers, He's basically saying to them, Well, guys, go. Go out. Go to different towns and cities and tell them, uh, tell the people about me, tell the people about my teachings and about the ways that I'm introducing. And then as you do so, this is what I want you to know, that you will probably be misunderstood, hated, rejected, arrested, persecuted, and maybe even executed by the people. And then Jesus gives them a word of encouragement. And the word of encouragement is simply, fear not. It's like, what? I don't know about you, I'm just imagining it's like what would be going in the minds of these 12 followers of Jesus and after hearing all the possible threat and, and possible things that may go wrong and even their lives are endangered and it's like, what? Fear not, Jesus, we may die doing what you are asking us to do and you are telling us not to be afraid. It just doesn't make sense, right? And you see, I, I understand. It's, it's quite obvious, right? It, it doesn't make any sense for Jesus to tell his disciples to fear not when there is a solid and substantial reason to fear. But here's what we learn what Jesus was trying to do with those who follow him. And that is this. Listen, 
Jesus is teaching them. Jesus is teaching those who follow him to fear not in life, even when there is something or someone to be afraid of. To fear not. And here's another occasion where Jesus teaches his disciples about the same subject, fear not. In this occasion, Jesus and his disciples took a boat ride. I'm I'm sure you are familiar with this passage. To cross over to the other side, and as they were on their way, Matthew again records for us, this is what happened. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus, well, he was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, Lord, save us. We are going to drown. And then Jesus responded again, fear not, or why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. Now, why are you afraid? That's what Jesus asked. I don't know about you, but if I were one of the disciples in the boat, I think this is the time where I will really, really feel irritated and angry with Jesus. I mean, why are you afraid? Of course, come on, Jesus. We will be afraid, Jesus, when we are about to drown, when we are about to die. We, everybody, anyone will be afraid. There's something before us, Jesus. I mean, look, wake up and look, right? There's something before us that's terrifying and that's why we are afraid. But that's when Jesus would say to you, say to them, say to me, say say to you even today, that's my point. It's like, what? What do you mean that's my point, Jesus? Right? That's my point. That's my point because I am teaching you to fear not even when there is something or someone to be afraid of. Fear not. (laughs) Now, interestingly, again, there's another occasion similar to this one. In fact, (laughs) this occasion actually Jesus is the one who kind of intentionally created you know uh, you know again teaching teaching them about fear not and here it is you're very familiar with this account as well immediately after this Jesus insisted you see that in other words Jesus forced his disciples to get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home it's like guys you go ahead I'll settle the people here. You all go ahead, take the boat ride. And then after sending them home, Jesus went up into the hills by himself and night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were frightening, or or rather they were fighting heavy waves. And about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them. How? Walking on water. And of course, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. They were scared. They were afraid. And in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. But that's when Jesus spoke to them at once and says, come on, you fail again. (laughs) You know? I told you not to be afraid. You cannot remember the other boat, right? Hey, can't you see the miracle that I just performed feeding the 5,000? It's like, guys, 
What's happening? I'm trying to lead you somewhere. I'm trying to lead you to a life where you are not afraid. Even, even when there is something or someone to be afraid of, don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. It is I, I am here. And once again, Jesus, although being well aware of how terrifying and frightening the situation his disciples were in, he told them to fear not. He told them to fear not. And well, these are not the only three occasions that Jesus taught his followers to fear not. Because if you read the four Gospels in the New Testament, you will find everywhere. You will find Jesus on many occasions telling his followers, don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Be of good courage. Be brave. Be courageous. Fear not. Fear not. Even when there is something or someone to be afraid of. So listen, Jesus is actually, I mean, Jesus is basically saying this, all right? Fear. It's like Jesus is saying, I, I know, I know fear. Fear is a fact of life. It's like Jesus is saying, I know about fear. I know it's just a fact of life. I know it's quite natural for anyone to be afraid of something or someone. Fear is a fact of life, but, Jesus said, it doesn't have to be a way of life. It doesn't. Jesus is saying, I know fear is a fact of life, but I don't want you, I don't want anyone who follows me to make fear a way of life. No, I don't want that. And that is why Jesus kept on telling his followers, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, fear not, fear not, even when there is something or someone to be afraid of. I know, I know, but fear not. Because that's the place where Jesus will lead you. That's the place where Jesus is leading you and me. If we keep following him, a place to a place where a fact of life stops being a way of life for you and for me. That, my friends, is what is in for you and for me in following Jesus and taking the next steps in following Him. Fear. That's right, fear. I mean, you know what fear can do and why fear is a big deal because fear is that one thing that can suck the joy out of your life, right? It is that thing which bars us and hinders us from receiving and enjoying and living out the life that God promised us to the fullest. And that's why some Christians, some followers of Jesus, they wonder how come they are not able to live that peaceful life, that confident life, that abundant life that God promised in the scriptures. Well, it's because fear comes in the way. When we make fear not just the fact of life, but the way of life, that's where it bars us. It deprives us. It deprives us from the life that God has promised us to enjoy living that life to the fullest. But why fear? As in, why fear? As in why Jesus is leading his followers to a place where fear is no longer a, lie, a way of life. Why? Just now, as I said, well, because fear has the potential to corrode our confidence, to corrode our confidence in God and his goodness. And that's what you will see if you read the four gospels in the New Testaments, right? You will see the followers of Jesus uh, uh, again and again doubting and questioning the sovereignty and the goodness of God in their lives because like anyone they embrace the fear not just as the fact of life but as a way of life as well and that that's that's what happens when we embrace fear not just the fact of life but as a way of life 
So, I, I encourage you again, you know, because that's where you will find, you will find again, you will, it's full, it's, it's full of all these accounts in the four Gospels. So if you haven't started, start reading today, the four Gospels in the New Testament, and I tell you, you will get the most out of this series. And here's a fascinating truth. Um, Max Lucado uh, writes uh, with regards to fear, and he says something like this, when fear shapes our lives, safety becomes our God. Isn't that true? And look, when safety becomes our God, what happens? We worship the risk-free life. But then, the fear-filled person, the fear, if, if, if you allow fear to shape you and to fill you, those people cannot love deeply because love is risky. And he went on to say, they cannot give to the poor because benevolence has no guarantee of return. The fear-filled cannot dream wildly because what if their dreams sputter and fall from the sky? The worship of safety emasculates greatness. No wonder Jesus wages such a war against fear. Now we know why Jesus was not just against fear, but why Jesus was so into teaching and helping his followers to see that they need not fear, that to, for them to see that fear, fear is a fact of life, but it, did not, it need not be a way of life for you. And he wanted his followers to stop, to, to, to make fear the fact of life, to stop it being a way of life. But I must say, I must say though that fear in itself can also serve a good purpose, right? And I don't have to explain that. I mean, fear can keep us from a lot of harm and danger. I know that, you know that, right? But in this case, however, Jesus isn't talking about this kind of fear, right? But one that, one that, a fear that, that kicks God out of the picture, a fear that kicks God out of the, out of the circumstances, out of our lives, Fear that stops us from, uh, from trusting in the sovereignty and the goodness of God for our lives and in the circumstances of our lives. Now, here's a question. The early followers of Jesus, did they stop fearing after those bumpy and risky boat rides with Jesus? Well, unfortunately, they didn't. I mean, you and I would expect them, right? You and I would expect them to stop fearing, right? After all, come on. They have witnessed so many miracles performed by Jesus, right? So by now, they should be like, like hey, it's okay, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, you know? Uh, Jesus is here, Jesus is with us. But they didn't, they didn't stop. And that's why Jesus has to constantly rebuke and remind his followers to fear not. But listen to this. Because this is something I think many of us need to hear today. And that is this. Although the early followers of Jesus didn't stop fearing. They didn't, right? They didn't. In spite of seeing all the miracles that Jesus performed. In spite of seeing Jesus in His glory and in His power. They didn't stop fearing. But, here's the point. They didn't stop following either. They didn't stop following Jesus either. That's right. They didn't stop fearing, even after many miracles and lessons from Jesus, but they also didn't stop following Jesus. And that, my friends, is some encouragement for all of us, isn't it? Like the early 
followers of Jesus. Our encouragement, therefore, is don't stop following. Even though you struggle to stop fearing, don't tell yourself like, oh, I cannot continue following Jesus because I cannot stop fearing. No, 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 no. You will struggle here. But like the early disciples, followers of Jesus, you don't stop following as well. It takes time to get there, to stop fearing. I mean, it took about two to three years for the closest followers of Jesus as well. And you know what happened after that? They became fearless. That their courage, in, their courage in life was dumbfounded by everyone who knew them because they were mere fishermen and tax collectors who were nothing but uneducated sinners and timid. And if we, like them, also don't stop following, following Jesus, but keep on taking our next steps in following Him, we will get there as well. Because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, of course. Provided you don't stop. I don't stop following, provided you don't stop taking your next step in following Him. And imagine, imagine what would it look like to live a life of fearlessly like the early followers of Jesus. Let me ask you, do you think, do you think it would have made a significant uh, difference in some of the decisions you made in the past? Uh, do you think it would have made a significant difference in how you handled some of the situations in your life in the past? It could be in the area of your family, your career, your studies, your finances, relationships, and so on. I believe so. I believe so with all my heart. Because there will be some regrets or there wouldn't be some regrets that you and I are having today if we were fearless, if we were to trust Jesus and not to be afraid in making those decisions, in, in handling those situations, right? And that's the power and that's the place that He is leading us to if we keep following Him. But well, I'm not saying that if you are fearless, if you fear not, that all your problems will be solved. No. I'm not saying that you will have no trouble in life. Nothing could be further from the truth, right? Because Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have trouble. Trouble, problems in life is also the fact of life. Uh, you and I will go through troubles in life. But Jesus said this, take heart. But take heart. In other words, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world, the world of trouble, the world of problems. I have overcome them. And when I am in you, you can overcome as well. So you see, like trouble in life, fear in life will never go away from us. Because that's the fact of life. That's what we learned today. And or rather, but if we follow Jesus and keep on taking our next steps in following Him. He promises us to lead us to a place where fear as, as a fact of life stops being a way of life for us. And that, my friends, that, my friends, is, is what's in for you and for me. In other words, listen, in other words, you and I will end up in a place where your confidence in God overwhelms, overshadows, and overrides your fears in life. That's right. 
he will lead us to a place, to a place, or he's leading us to a place where your confidence in God will overwhelm, will overshadow and override all your fears in life. That's right. And that is what's in for you. That is what it's in for everyone and anyone who follows Jesus. A life of overshadowing, overcoming, overriding, overwhelming all our fears, all your fears in life. So, my friends, my brothers and sisters, wherever you are in following Jesus today, it doesn't matter. But please, don't stop. Don't stop taking your next step in following Him so that, so that you get to a place where Jesus is leading you to, to a place where your confidence in God is so strong that it so overwhelms, overshadows, and overrides all your fears in life. That's where He is leading you and me. So let's keep following Jesus.